Welcome to all things to all people. My name is Tyler Sears and you're joining this incredible podcast. We're excited to use this as a platform to talk about everything. Sports, life, challenges, victories, and really to use it as an opportunity for brothers and sisters around the world to connect, to talk, to get different pieces of advice. So today I hope you're excited and let's get into the episode. Well, I'm here with my good pal and buddy, Hugo Melendez. Yes, sir. And uh, if you're joining with us, welcome to All Things to All People. And we're doing a fun little segment. We're just calling it Life, uh, where I'm going to be interviewing different men and women in our ministries throughout the world and asking them three different areas about their life. The first is, what is your life story? They're going to talk about, you know, just their upbringing, their life, how they became a disciple, uh, their lives now, all the above. Uh, secondly, is going to be a life conviction. What What's something that they they really live or hold to from the scriptures that they feel uh, ultimately other people should be doing as well, have a deeper conviction on. And then uh, lastly is going to be uh, life skill. What's something that they do that uh, can really help other disciples, other Christians be uh, better in life, uh, better skills, all these cool things and doodads. And, and if you're joining with us, this is our first episode, so we're really excited. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, but again, we're going to have a great time here. Uh, I've known Hugo for, how about what now? Man, long time, bro. Since 2012? 2012, I or think, bro. You were baptized 2010. And, and then I the year after that. You, I saw you on the stage when you were getting sent out to London. London, so that was 2010. But we really knew each other more like 2011 uh, from devotionals, I think, and maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think the first time I really talked to you was at the Phoenix Retreat, when you proposed. Yeah, there you go, that's 2011, bro. Yeah. Old baby. (laughs) So we're oldie moldies now. That was uh, really almost eight years ago. Wow. Almost to the day. That's crazy, bro. Wait, when did you propose? Uh, that would have been uh, April 16th. Whoa, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm excited, bro. Get to yeah. get to know you a little bit more. Uh, yeah. For the people to get to know you a little bit more. And so maybe I'm just going to pass it on over here in a second. But of course, wh- where does this come from? First uh, Thessalonians 2, verse 8 says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And, and so I just think it's important to, as disciples that, of course, we, we need to be totally committed, full heart in everything we do. But it's great to get to know each other. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm excited, bro. I'm just going to hand it over to you and you can tell us about your life. Sure, bro. Thanks again for having me on here. I feel honored being the first <laughs> one here, the victim yeah. of Tyler Sears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... Uh, you know, where do I start? I was born December 27th, 1989, for all of you who wanted to know my birthday. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles, uh, the metropolitan area. I think I was born in the hospital in Los Angeles. And uh, my parents are both Salvadorian, so I'm, I'm 100% Salvadorian. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny. But uh, yeah, I grew up there and I uh, grew up in a a little city called La Puente, and I've been there for, I don't know, like uh, 18 years until I went to college, but I I went to high school, elementary, there, middle school, Um, uh, you know, I I have, uh, I I think, you know, 
call it, I mean, education was something that was instilled for me, you know, from a very young age. My dad graduated from uh, Cal State University with an engineering degree, so... Really? Yeah, uh-huh. So really? I, which which uh, Cal State? Cal State LA. Really? Yep. And he went to school when we were uh, babies, so he was working full-time with three kids and going to school for engineering part-time. That's crazy. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was Not that, like, you know, the engineering part, but yeah. I, I didn't know that your dad did that. Yeah. But he doesn't work as an electrical engineer. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, you know, from a very young age, education was, I, I always felt like I needed to top that, you mm-hmm. know. Dad, if you're listening, yeah, I always thought that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, you know, growing up, I did want to be an engineer, but then later in life, I, I wanted to go into some science. Uh, growing up, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, so I wanted to... Wow to cure cancer that was my my dream goal and I think in eighth grade we had an essay on like what is it that you want to do with your life and I'm like I want to cure cancer that's my that's my dream so you know high school I I worked you know hard to I guess I kind of worked hard I didn't really work that hard um and there's a reason to that I'll come back to that a little later but I I think my freshman year was the the first time we ever had our transcripts passed out. Mm-hmm. I think it was the, the first semester or after the first semester. And there were these numbers on there, right? And my number said one on there. And so I was confused because I didn't know what that meant. So I, I asked around, I'm like, hey, what does this one mean? And they told me that it was your class rank. And I was like, what is that? And they said, well, it's basically, you know, who's the smartest? And so I'm like, I'm the smartest one? <laughs> And so from that day on, I'm like, I'm going to be the valedictorian. And you know, I went after it, and for some reason, I ended up being valedictorian. That's in awesome. High school, yeah. But it's funny because I remember a, a teacher was upset that I was valedictorian because they thought that I didn't try as hard as other students. So they thought other students should have been valedictorian over me, so... And it's true, you know, I didn't really study as hard as other students, but I don't know, for some reason God allowed that to happen, so. Graduated valedictorian, went to UCLA. Um, It was between UCLA and UC Berkeley. Wow, those are horrible schools. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) My high school teacher was upset because I chose UCLA over Berkeley. Because Berkeley is, I think it it is the top public school in the nation, or, you know, one of two. Yeah, absolutely. Um... But I wanted to stay close to home, so I, I picked UCLA and didn't regret it. So, you know, I went to UCLA and I was studying biochemistry there. And um, it's crazy because, like, I thought I was really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, I was <laughs> that number one rank. You're number one? Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so, right? But then when you go to college, everyone's like, everyone's number one. Yeah, number one <laughs> or number two, you know? Yeah. And so. And and they just had better work ethics than I did. So a lot of my friends are really smart. Uh, one of my friends is a lawyer now. Another one is a psychiatrist. Another one is a nurse at the UCLA Medical Center. Another one's a physical therapist. And, you know, they got good grades. And I was struggling to get good grades at, at UCLA. And I put a lot of my hope in my education. Um, and and so I, I lost a lot of hope because of, of that. And... At that point, a year and a half into it, I, I decided I wanted to pursue God, and 
have a deeper relationship with him. So I started reading my Bible. I started uh, praying at night before I go to bed. Yeah. And uh, I would download these sermons from like famous preachers and just listen to them on my iPod. Yeah. And walking to to classes, I would listen to them. That's crazy. Um, I was getting very sad and, and discouraged just because school was um, harder than than what I expected it to be, right? And my grades didn't come out what it how I wanted them to. I was getting C's and uh, yeah, a lot of C's. I got like one A for English, you know, <laughs> but that's it. And uh, my general education classes, I got an A or B. But then I had math, you know, calculus, chemistry. Um, uh, physics and all of these classes which were my major I got C's on them so very discouraged feeling hopeless and uh, that's why I wanted to really pursue God and so one day I was uh, walking to uh, one of my classes well actually I was coming back from class and uh, I see this guy up ahead and uh, at UCLA we have this walkway called the Bruin Walk where yeah. clubs are there handing out crazy. flyers like crazy all the time all the time yeah and um, I didn't want to go there, so I walked a different route so I didn't have to go through that. But then yeah. I saw this guy up ahead of me, and he's talking to people, and I'm like, oh, man. Put my headphones, put my head down, you know, hoping that out of, like, 30 students that were walking by him, he wouldn't pick me, right? So I walk by him, and then he reaches out and touches my shoulder, and I'm like, oh. Listening to this sermon, I'm like, man, I'm trying to be a good Christian, so let me be nice and talk to him. <laughs> so I take my headphone off, and I speak with him, and he's like, hey, do you want to come to our Bible talk? And I'm like, what's a Bible talk? And he's like, oh, you know, it's this where we're having this meeting here in this room. And, and I look over in the room. It was right behind them. And uh, our sister Chanel was in there with Christina Javier. Yeah. And uh, the room was dark, super tiny room. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that looks creepy. Who, who reached out to you? It was Andrew Smelly. Andrew, okay. Andrew awesome. Smelly. So Andrew, you know, was waiting for my response. And I tell him, no, I'm good, man. It doesn't, it doesn't look, it looks weird going in there. <laughs> so he's like, oh, how about we do a Bible study? And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So I, I was really seeking God. And so, you know, we study the Bible with him. And, you know, after going through the scriptures and realizing I wasn't a disciple, I decided I need to get baptized and, and become a disciple. So May 2nd, 2010, I, I got baptized and wow. became a disciple. That's awesome. Yeah, so... Since then, you know, I've been, uh, yeah, just working for God and done a lot of different things. Um, yeah, you're there in, in the campus ministry the whole time, yeah? Yeah. Was that your, so that was your freshman year? Sophomore year. Sophomore actually. year. Yeah, sophomore year. I got met by Andrew. Wow. And from then until like 2013, I was in UCLA campus ministry, the West Region of the Los Angeles Church. Wow. And, um, yeah, eventually you came, came along to. Yeah, that was what 2012. Yeah, when you came, mm-hmm. or was it 13? Because I got back, we got married, came back, we left 2011, 2012, and back again. It's 2013. Oh yeah, because you were in Northridge before. Yeah, we were then in the North Region. Then we yeah. came down a couple months later. I think it was like honestly, I think it was about March or so. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, but then you graduated. What year did you graduate? 2013. Wow. You're an oldie moldy, bro. That's six bro, years ago. This is crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, high school is like 10 years ago almost. I graduated 2008. Yeah. So that's crazy. 11 years now, right? Almost. Wow. In June. Yeah. Now I'm trying to remember as well, were, were you, 
you were one of the first for ICCM as well, right? Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was asked to be in ICCM while in college at UCLA. <laughs> so, but the classes were even at UCLA yeah, too, so you were, at you were like so it was nice. double dipping. Right yeah. So it's funny because I had just come out of, I was a disciple and I was struggling in school because, you know, as a disciple, you shouldn't do this. You should be excellent in your classes and at school. But I was like trying to focus just on the ministry work so I would neglect my studies and it, it just wasn't good. Don't do that, kids. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so eventually I actually got kicked out of UCLA and I was a hard time. I was very discouraged. I didn't want to go back to school but you know the disciples were very encouraging and challenging me like hey you need to repent you need to go back so I was uh, I was able to go back because there's this program that UCLA has for students who actually get kicked out that's cool um to go back in they just have to take a lot of these extra workshops so I eventually got back in because I proved to them that I was doing well and I started getting A's and B's on all my classes at UCLA and I repented and um so it was like a few semesters after that where uh, I was asked to go into ICCM. And originally when it first came out, I'm like, what? What do you mean the church is doing an ICCM? I don't, I don't get it. You want me to take another school while I'm at UCLA? I thought it was crazy. I can't yeah. do that. I just got kicked out of UCLA. How can <laughs> I do two schools? That's impossible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, if this is what the church is going to do. Let's let's check it out. Let's do it. So I went and uh, Kip let, used to lead the, the ICCM mm-hmm. courses at that time. And we, it was 25 of us. And it was me and, and a few other uh, evangelists now who weren't evangelists at the time. And um, we were the, the first 25 to... You were the guinea pigs. We were the guinea pigs. <laughs> Which I'm grateful for. I'm sure it's harder now to... Yeah, absolutely, bro. Yeah, absolutely. But it was awesome. I remember Kip uh, had such an inspiring lesson. I forgot what it was, but after that class, I'm like, wow, we're going to evangelize the world with with ICCM. Yeah. Um, The dream? Yeah, yeah, it was the dream. The dream, yeah. Such an inspiring inspiring lesson. I'm sure he's done it. Yeah, yeah. And preached it a million times, but for us, it was was It was the first, dude, so it's you know. And it was awesome. Dream come true for him too. You yeah, know, I've been dreaming for that for years to put mm-hmm. something together to finally have her disciples. Yeah, all together. And it's um, awesome. It's a great, really great course. I learned a lot on how ministry works, how to lead ministries, what to expect when you're, you know, when you're leading ministries, or just, you know, and how to have a strong relationship with God and. My favorite lesson was uh, the Ten Commandments of Preaching. Yeah. That was my favorite that lesson. That was awesome, too. Love that lesson. But, um, yeah, it was, it's awesome. And then, But we were actually the second class to graduate because there were honorary graduates the yeah. first year. <laughs> so it was fun, though. We are the second class to graduate. I, I was in Dallas already by the time. Mm-hmm. I had moved a, like a few classes before. Yeah. We uh, we were about to graduate, so... 2014. 2014, yeah. Anything else cool happened around that time for you? Yeah, I started dating. <laughs> <laughs> started dating Paulina. And, and, she, then, and she was in Chicago. Yeah, she was in Chicago. So we started building... Actually, I met her the year before at the GLC. And, oh, it was so funny. 
So I met her at the GLC. Casey Jimenez called me up and, and she's like, hey, bro, you know, I got this uh, awesome sister here who you should meet. I didn't forget about See you. Her. I want you to okay. get married. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, you know, it's, it's probably, it's cool. You know, yeah, I'll go on a date with her. She probably just needs encouragement or something. You know? <laughs> and then I Facebook her, you know, and look her up on Facebook. I'm like, Wow, she looks like an awesome sister. Beautiful, you know. And then I meet her. We go on our date. I thought, wow, this sister doesn't need encouragement. She's awesome. <laughs> and so after the GLC, I go up to Casey. And I'm like, Casey, I think I, I really like this this, mm-hmm. this sister. And I and I ask her, is it okay if I uh, a Facebook message her or, like, talk to her? And she's like, yeah, of course. As long as she's okay with it, you, you can do that. So I'm like, yes, I, I got to talk to Tyler. Tyler was leading the church at that re- the time, and, and he was my discipler. And I'm like, bro, it was a 1D time. I go up to him, and I'm like, bro, I think I, I like this girl. And and I think we you, you told me, like, I'll start doing, like, Skype sessions with her, right? Yeah. So we started doing Skype sessions, and I come back to you, and I'm like, bro, I, I really like her. I have an interest in her. And, and you're like, what, what do we do? Like, how do we get this going? And you told me, I got a great idea. You should go out to Chicago because a brother was moving out there from our ministry, mm-hmm. driving all the way up there, and then go on a date with her. And, and you know, and, and hopefully after that, she'll start liking you. Well, at this time, I, you know, I was a part-time intern, had no money, had, knew that she didn't like me at the time. So doing this crazy excursion was like awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, bro, I don't even have money for this. Yeah. How do you want me to do this? But, you know, I was able to do it. And I, got, I was able to, you know, get her a little bit interested. Yeah. <laughs> then you told me, like, we should fly her out to yep. L.A. We got her flown out there. And after that, that's when she, she had an interest with me. And, yeah, 2014, we, I asked her to be my girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Where would you ask her? Palm Springs. <laughs> It was at the GLC again, and we were at the Aerial Tramway. Yeah, it's called the Tramway. Yeah, the Aerial Tramway in Palm Springs. Awesome. Yeah, I love awesome that. Place. I remember that. Yeah. You guys went on the prayer walk over there. Yeah. <laughs> we were going on the prayer walk, and um, yeah, we, we went on a prayer walk, and I was trying to bring it up so I can ask her, right? After, oh no, we didn't pray yet, but we were talking, we were walking through the woods, and I'm like, Oh, isn't it beautiful out here? You know, trying to set the mood, like trying to make her feel good. You know, saying, "Oh, yeah, this is great. I'm glad we get to spend time together." <laughs> and then, it. and then she's like, "Yeah, it's cool. This reminds me of the Hunger Games." I'm like, "Great transition. How <laughs> am I gonna get from <laughs> killing to like, hey, you want to be my girlfriend?" <laughs> I got a killer question. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was an interesting transition to get from there to to her being my girlfriend but I asked her and, and she said yes it's awesome so yeah and then awesome. and then you were here and then she was still in Chicago at the time yeah we were here in July mm-hmm. and then we started dating in August and then she went back and in January yes, December, I, feel January. Like, I feel like it was the, either the right at the end or right at the beginning yeah it was actually the new year because they drove down uh huh and they were at the New Year celebration with us. That's right. Yeah. So wow. she moved down here. And we were in Dallas, the Dallas ministry originally. Uh-huh. And then 
she moved there. We were there for three months. Or she was there for three months. I was there since July, so like almost six months. Then we moved to Arlington for about six months because uh-huh. we moved in October and then to Fort Worth. And then the whole in, Metroplex. Yeah, we've been, been all ministries, bro. Um, and then Fort Worth ever since 2015, I think it was. Yeah. And then we got married in 2000. 16. Mm-hmm. Well, I proposed to her in 2015, 15. December, and then got married May 23rd, 2016. Dang. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. It's been almost two, almost three years uh-huh. now, bro. Uh-huh. Hey, that's crazy. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome, bro. Well, you've already got a full life. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> God can take me away now. It's It's awesome. Oh. <laughs> Well, stay tuned. That was our, our life section here. I uh, appreciated my brother Hugo just sharing all those cool yeah. tidbits and nuggets about life. We're going to come back here in a few moments and get on to our next part, all about life conviction. Conviction. <laughs> well, I'm back here with my dear friend Hugo Melendez, yeah. and we're doing our life segment. We just oh, got to yeah. talk about his life story, so hopefully you got to enjoy that and you know everything about him. and can probably uh, start a bank account with all the personal information that you just accrued. You're my best friends now. Yay. And uh, and then secondly, we're going to talk about a life conviction. And I think what's really cool about this part is uh, every disciple, of course, is unique. What we, what we really, of course, what we're unified on, what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's different areas in our life we have stronger convictions. And, and I think it's great for us to learn about those. Uh, to admire them, appreciate them. And sometimes we need to be challenged to, to have a deeper conviction into. So uh, I'm excited now. I know talking to Hugo, uh, he's got many great convictions, but uh, the one that he's going to talk about today, I think is pretty awesome. So I'm going to hand it over to him as he shares about that and uh, we'll kind of dig on in through it. Go for it, my brother. Awesome, bro. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, one of my strong convictions uh, that I feel a lot about, you know, is uh, that if you're not in the ministry, I believe disciples should work hard and, you know, be at, have a great example in their life as much as possible to be able to support the kingdom. Um, with that in mind, it means, you know, to make as much money as possible to, to be able to support them as much as you can. Uh, the kingdom of, of God. And I believe that's come from, you know, just studying out money a lot in the scriptures. Uh, I've heard many facts about it. Uh, don't quote me on them. I'm pretty sure they're around the same ballpark. But that the the book of Luke, uh, for example, we studied in ICCM, um, uses the word money or talks about money a lot in that book. Yep. Um, something about almost like every few words, the word money is on average comes up and uh also just that two-thirds around i think about two-thirds of the parables of jesus are all about money something about finances and i think uh in second corinthians 8 verse 7 it it says uh but since you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness in the love we have kindled in you see that you also excel in the grace of giving so as disciples we're not supposed to settle in life we're always supposed to keep growing spiritually. Yeah. But here it says too, don't settle in giving. In yeah. fact, it says don't settle in anything at all. To keep growing spiritually, to keep growing 
in, in all these areas that it talks about here, but also in the grace of giving. And, you know, I, I do believe it doesn't necessarily talk about physically excelling in, in the grace of giving. Um, but I do believe that is one way we, we can and disciples should. Um, I know for me in my life, I, I never physically, I, I never want to physically thinking about it. I always want a better job. I always want better finances. I always want a better paycheck in general, right? And also what that means is I'll have a, a better income that comes along the way. So, you know, it correlates to supporting the kingdom because God blesses me with this job with a better paycheck, a better income, I'll be able to give more to the church yeah. and help support uh, the needs of the church in, in such ways, however I can monetarily. So that's awesome. um, I believe that's, a, that's one of my strong convictions. Now, do you feel like you've seen, like from your experience, do you feel like you've seen people that like, like inspired you to have this conviction or is it something you've seen because you feel like it hasn't been there? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I, think, I think it's both. Right, like there's always. <laughs> I mean, to for me to have more money, right? It's people in the world <laughs> who have billions of dollars who are rich people, right? Um, but I think in the kingdom, uh, I really appreciate uh, Joe Willis's conviction on on finances um, to sacrifice. I've I've read his book um, before. We were challenged to read it for the church. I, I read it. I ordered it, um, and I think. Also, too, um, uh, growing up, uh, I was, you know, I've been through many different churches, or a few churches, I can say many, but um, one thing I saw from my family is that they always gave, right, to uh, to God. And from a young age, I used to tithe. Uh, when, when I had my first job, I was in sixth grade, I had a, a tutoring job. That's cool. And uh, I believe God gave me that job. Yeah. And so from my paycheck, I actually tithe it. Wow. Um, and ever since I've worked, and I've worked sixth grade, seventh grade, in high school, I've worked a few years. Um, I've always tithed and given to God. Um, because I saw my life and I'm like, wow, I feel blessed. And, and I believed it is from God and it is from God, right? Um, whether it was the tithing or not, right? Um, but I did believe that God gave me that life so that I can give back to him and help support people who need it. Um, I think, you know, Michael Kirshner is another great example, his story that he always shares and how he gave up uh, a great contract with uh, General Mills. Yeah. Um, that really inspired me to keep going with that conviction to be able to support it. So, um, but also being in the ministry, I see how as a part-time intern, I was never an evangelist or led a church or, or nothing, but I see how finances are needed for disciples who are in staff. Yeah. And I work part-time, um, so I was able to, to do things that other unpaid interns were, full-time interns weren't able to do. Yeah. Um, so I see the need to continually support that. And I've seen disciples who, who just settle in their jobs and aren't able to live a full life uh, because they, they settle in, in, in something that may not be a career at all or or something that can't support them financially to be able to do more, go to conferences, uh, world missions conferences, or yeah. uh, go internationally to visit other churches and such. So, um, and then, yeah, I do believe that 
it's some it's a conviction that is that not a lot of disciples have in the church. Actually, I don't know anyone else who who has this conviction besides me, but I'm yeah. sure there might be. So, you know, like you're saying, your conviction, if you're not in the ministry, make as much money as possible to support the ministry, support the kingdom. That's awesome. Like now, let's play a little bit of a devil's advocate. I'd love to get your point of view. Sure. Do you feel like there's like a, 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 a line, like a, a fine line? Because mm-hmm. how do you, how would you help somebody that says, you know, like, hey, maybe they're trying to disguise it that way. Like, hey, I, I, I want to support the ministry, but really they just want to have a reason to make lots of money. What, what, how would you maybe discern that? Or I don't know. What, totally. what are your thoughts? No, I think that's a great question. Um, I think I what I do is, of course, I never compromise in what, what we call the first principle. Yeah. Right? And in the Seeking God study, the, the second scripture... The challenging scripture is, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, yeah. right? So, um, for one thing, I, I try not to work more than 40 hours a week, yeah. um, just because that's, I mean, that's the standard that the world has set, right? But also, that's the standard that works with the ministry schedule for Bible talks, discipling, studies, all that jazz. Um, but also, uh, I don't want my work to interfere with the ministry and, and discipleship, so... I think, first of all, looking at their life, well, are you seeking first the kingdom yeah. in your life? Because you can't make that excuse and not attend church, not attend Bible talks, not uh, being in Bible studies and um, say, oh, I got to work overtime so I can make special missions, so I can't come to church because I got to work on Sunday and so on and so forth. That's that's not being a disciple because Jesus challenges us to seek first his kingdom. Yeah. Um, so I think you can do it without compromising totally um, that makes sense it's like uh what comes to mind you know, like a matthew matthew 7 you know verse 7 and 8 like ask yeah seek mm-hmm. and knock and so it's almost you know like the way i would see it and, I, and you probably agree with this too is you go after it if it doesn't work then so be it but but yeah like but why settle always try and do better mm-hmm. and uh and yeah i totally agree i think i think a lot of disciples can can very much settle uh, it's easier to do that. And I think I've seen the other side of it too, where, where people have kind of used, maybe we say they use their commitment uh, mm-hmm. or being uh, involved with ministry or whatnot as an excuse to not better their life. Yeah. You know, like, well, I'm just going to work at Taco Bell. And you're like, bro, you're like 30 something. You're still working at Taco Bell. <laughs> you know, like I appreciate your sacrifice, totally. but it almost becomes counterproductive because I mean, if you don't have an attractive life, who's mm-hmm. going to want to imitate that? Yeah, you know, so. I yeah, I definitely agree, and, and that's not to say, you know, being at Taco Bell, you can't even uh, excel in the grace of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're aspiring to work at Taco Bell your whole life, yeah, grow grow as a supervisor, grow as a manager, you can still make more income there. Um, and uh, but I think too many times, you're right, the disciples settle with what they're where they are, and they're okay with that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I know you, you, you shared this uh, before we are talking. And, you know, Luke 16, uh, verses 10 and 12 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little also will be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Mm-hmm. And so how do you feel like maybe that applies to you know, going after quote unquote, making more money or sure. advancing your career mm-hmm. or 
these types of things. Yeah, this is one of my favorite passages about money. I wish I could share it every week for contribution. <laughs> People get tired of it, right? Um, but yeah, Jesus says here that this whole parable is about the shrewd manager and about this manager who's handling money. So here's a prime example of one of Jesus' many parables of money. And so he says here, you know, if you can be trusted with, with the very little that you have, if you can't be, then how can you be trusted with, with true riches, right? And so, yeah, here it says handling worldly wealth. Jesus sees handling worldly wealth as something less valuable than the true riches, which are the souls of, of this world, the, the kingdom, adding people to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is understanding that you need to provide for the kingdom of God with these true uh, with the worldly wealth um, God provides us with money he provides us with the jobs with the with our income um, with however we get our tax returns he provides for us all of that and at the same time he wants us to use it wisely and that's the trust that he has with us yeah because if if he doesn't trust you with the money um, you're not going to be able, it, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, kind of like a barometer, right? But not really a barometer. Um, cause it's spiritually talking here. Yeah. Right. But he says here that it, this shows, and later on he actually talks about, you know, who do you serve God or, or money? Or, or money yeah. That's right? great. Um, so it just shows here that, uh, when you're just tied to, yeah, when you're just settling with, with your life, like God doesn't want you to settle. He wants you to to handle the worldly wealth correctly, but also to be able to provide the worldly wealth for the true riches and for the kingdom of God. Um, you know, for him, money is, is nothing of importance compared to a, a soul. Um and I think for us, it should be the same way. Like, what do you value more? Do you value uh, the money or do you value the true riches? And if we can provide more of this worldly wealth, I've, I've heard a disciple say money makes the word go around, yeah. which is true, right? It's true. Um, but if we can provide more of that money to the kingdom, how many more souls can we save? Yeah. Right? I think with special missions, you know, we have it at least twice a year, right? And it's a need that, that the church has for us to be able to send out more mission teams, for, to send more disciples, to support the the churches around the world, and uh, yeah, it's 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 something that us as disciples who work and are not in full time staff can meet the needs of yeah. on a on a greater level than than those who are on full time staff, because if the full time staff is working on uh, raising money, who's who's going to lead the church? Yeah. Who's going to preach the word Who, because they're just caught up in, in raising that money. But if we, as the disciples, can continually grow and be successful in, in that area, then our church leaders can continue to lead us spiritually and uh, guide us to, to grow the churches all around the world. That's awesome. Well, we're about to wrap up this part here, bro. But this has been cool, man. It's our first time. Yeah, bro. Ooh, baby. And <laughs> so if you're, uh, you know, 
if you're listening at this point, that'd be kind of weird hopping in at the end of a segment. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so far, we've talked about uh, a life story. We're just wrapping up a life conviction. Uh, come back and join us here in a, in a few moments as we uh, finish off with the last part. Life skill with Dr. Hugo Melendez. Not really a doctor. No, I'm but, not a doctor, but, but you can call me that. We like to call him that. <laughs> come on, bro. That's awesome. Well, we're finishing our last part to the first episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hugo has been drinking an incredible cup of coffee. Yeah. On opposite <laughs> I day. I love coffee. No. But uh, if you're joining with us here, of course, we're, we're going through a segment all about life and how we're delighted to not only share the gospel, but our lives as well from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We've already discussed uh, Hugo's life story. Mm -hmm. uh, it's incredible to see how he's done so many great things and going to UCLA and trying to yeah. choose that. I didn't know your dad was an engineer. Yep, he got he his is. degree in electrical engineering. Electrical that, that's, engineering. that's crazy. They came from El Salvador. Uh -huh. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Maybe, maybe we'll have another, uh, another time we can <laughs> dissect that. That's really cool. Your family's from there. Um, but then talk about a, a life conviction. Uh, really just understanding, hey, if you're not going to be in the full-time ministry, then, then don't settle, but fight to make as much as possible to help others around mm -hmm. the world, be it to, to send out more churches, to support the missionaries and how we do that through special missions. Uh, I think that's incredible. And so lastly, uh, we want to talk about a life skill. And, uh, and I know the thing that I thought would be really cool is a career change. Yeah. So this would be kind of interesting. I'm not really sure how this is going to work. Uh, all the way, but but how how to have a career change? I, I think as disciples we grow, we change. Uh, uh, life needs can can occur, whatever it is, and, and all of a sudden you're faced with a situation, a dilemma. Like, wow, I'm gonna change a career. Yeah, and you know, like not so much a career from you know I'm gonna be uh, you know cooking French fries to cooking hamburgers, <laughs> but like like a paradigm shift of a, of a career change. Yeah. And I know recently that that's really what you've gone after. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to maybe hear uh, what it was that you you you, you went from the, the career that you were at to what you went to, and, and kind of maybe what was the brainstorming process? Why why did yeah. you do that? And, and what did you do? I know we'll talk through different parts through that. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I graduated from UCLA with a degree in biology. And I always wanted to do some sort of science when I was in college and even out of that. So I've taken many different types of jobs. But when I moved to Dallas-Fort Worth, I was uh, blessed enough to be able to get a microbiologist position. And so I was in this one company in Dallas. And they, what they did was, you know how when sometimes food or uh, restaurants get... E. coli scares or seminal. Yeah. So that's your fault? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's someone's, <laughs> one microbiologist's fault who, who missed it, oh. right? So that's that was my job. I had to check to make sure that the food, uh, actually, we I tested uh, chipotle's uh, food, um, their vegetables and stuff, actually onions and different stuff. But when I was working there, you know, nothing Things happened. Good. Nothing yeah, happened. Good. Okay, okay, okay. Get the timeline right here. Yeah, we got the timeline right. Um, but then um, after that, uh, I wanted to... So that was like more of an environmental, uh, the environmental industry, mm -hmm. food industry. So I wanted to upgrade my microbiologist position. So I went to... Uh, I worked at um, Colgate Oral Pharmaceuticals for a little while there mm. uh, to get into the pharma, pharma industry, um, manufacturing pharmaceutical. And then from there, I got another job at a, a startup, a lab start, I mean, a, 
a pharmaceutical manufacturing startup company and uh, from there I was able to help build a my microbiology lab which was really cool because cool. I've never done that before and from building it uh, we started all the processes up writing all the procedures on how to you know test everything and then from there I was able to become a supervisor for the laboratory and you know, based off of my conviction, making more money, right, for the for the ministry and the church, I'm like, I want, I want a, I want a better position that will help help me make more money, right? But not consume my time and not be harder technically, mm -hmm. um, but but to be able to to get that. So you know, I just been thinking about it a lot, and a coworker of mine actually mentioned that she was going to do this uh, master's in financial statistics. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But she was a, a chemist, right? So I'm like, that's, that's a pretty weird transition. But um, so she was doing that. But then she also mentioned on the side, like, oh, yeah, but I, I was also thinking about this other thing that my friend is doing. And it's in the IT field. And now he's making, you know, like six figures after like, a few months of being in the job that's not bad yeah right <laughs> and a master's is two years mm -hmm. a two-year program so i'm like why would you do the master's when you can just get six figures immediately and just do this course for like six months yeah right and so um she's like she started thinking about it a few months later she told me she was going to do the class and not do her master's yeah and i'm like whoa did you talk to your husband about that i hope it's not my fault and yeah, yeah. you know he's mad at me for doing that he's like no no that's really what I want to do. And, and she's like, why don't you do it with me? And so I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't really want to do that. But um, after looking more into the field, um, it, it seemed appealing and it seemed to work with what I wanted. I, I wanted to be able to get a job that will, where I can just support uh, my family yeah. in the future. If, if only I were working. Um, I wanted to be able to work from home if, if I could work remotely yeah. whenever I need to, depending on family emergencies. And I also wanted a job where um, I can work 40 hours and make a lot of money. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I spoke with Jodwin, right? And I told him, like, hey, bro, I was thinking about this and I wanted to get some advice from him. He's like, go for it. You know how daring Jodwin is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> a risk taker. And then I'm like, okay, you know, I started thinking more about it. Talked to Paulina. I'm like, hey, I'm really thinking about doing this. And she's like, well, if you think this is something that's good, then, then go for it. And so I'm like, all right, and now I need to talk to someone who's been in the IT field. So I call Paul Kelly in, in Los Angeles. I'm like, hey, bro, have you ever heard of this? And he's like, no, I never heard of that, but going into IT is really great. Yeah. So after <clears throat> seeking lots of advice about it and praying about it, fasting about it, I decided I, I was going to do that. And... Um, so yeah, since that time I, I decided I'm going to go and make this career change. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, like what were some of maybe some of your, your fears or concerns or maybe, I don't know if you were fearless. Yeah, no, like... I was definitely fearful. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one, just cause, uh, I was afraid of, okay. One, the first thing that came to mind, I was like, this is fake. Like, yeah. How can you possibly take a course that's three months long and make six figures? This is. This is like, this goes totally against what the world teaches. Like, you need to go to college, you need to, uh, and then you'll make lots of money. Yeah. Right? But this course was like three-month course, and then if you want, take this further training for another three months, which I did. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was a fluke. 
that was yeah. my my biggest fear like they just it's a scam they're gonna take did, my money did you look at like multiple companies or, or not companies but groups or, or I programs actually just looked at one I didn't know many existed I but, don't know but once I was in it <clears throat> I started hearing about more and yeah. other ones um but I'm glad I went through this one this one was actually pretty good yeah um did you just kind of like Google review it or I don't know what you No, did. I didn't Google review it. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, the first day of our class, I'm like, they're talking about money. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I started with this job and then I, I'm now I'm making this job. I mean, this, this much, right? Yeah. And then the next day of our class, they talk about money again. Oh, I'm making this much. Yeah. Then the next day again, our next class, I'm making this much. And I'm like, are they like doing horribly right now with these courses that they just are trying to make me feel good yeah um but then i realized that it was actually a a motivation mm-hmm. uh, a tool that they had because you know going through the course is pretty tough it's not easy you're learning code right um and people who never even went to college would go to these courses and they would struggle they would some a lot of people drop out during the courses and but they were trying to motivate us yeah. and, and remind us, like, this is our end goal, yeah. that you make this amount of money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was one of my biggest fears. And also losing money, mm-hmm. you know, or if I was going to fail in my new career. Because I was pretty confident in being a microbiologist. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, even while I was working in my last company, I'd go through many interviews and they would offer me the job. Yeah. So I had many other job offers. They just didn't pay more. Um, so that's why I never took them. So that was a pretty secure. And it was a career, right? It wasn't like anything less than that. Yeah. So I was very comfortable there and transitioning to something that's way off from microbiology to IT was very uh, uncomforting. Yeah. <laughs> What, what would you say, like, so, so if somebody wants to change, like, okay, now I, I want to go on a new career cha- like path or whatever, like, what, are, what are some pieces of advice or you think that's, like, to do? Maybe things you did or looking mm-hmm. back, hindsight, 2020, like, man, I'm grateful it worked out, but, dude, I totally should have done this or I could have done it faster or better, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what comes to Yeah, I think uh, the first things first is, um, is it going to affect the, the kingdom of God? right in a negative way that's the first thing you really have to look at yeah um because coming in this i did not want to i did not want this to affect the, me coming to the meetings of the body if, if it would prevent me from going to midweeks or uh, bible talks or yeah. uh, even just it, it bombards me so much that i can't study the bible with people yeah um you really got to make sure it fits with your schedule and that you'll still be seeking God first. That's the most important thing that I recommend for people to really count the cost on and evaluate. Yeah. Uh, secondly, um, can you afford it? I mean, <laughs> this program was, uh, I think it, w- it was pretty expensive. Um, does it fit with your budget? You know, can you afford to do this and then still give your contribution, meet your special missions, get groceries, pay your gas, take care of all your bills can you afford to do that yeah that's something you really have to uh look at and then maybe even check out can you collaborate with other people on on taking this program to save money um i don't know if if you can do that or not uh secondly uh do you have the the commitment to be able to take it i think uh there were times where it was getting 
tedious and sometimes a little hard and and I wanted to and I lay back a little bit right so for a few days I just wouldn't really um, um, go after it or do any work right yeah. and uh, luckily I was so far ahead that it, it didn't put me behind but uh, can you commit through the whole program because if not then you just lose your money yeah. and and you lost you, you yeah you lost your time your, your money yeah um, and I think also, you know, how does how is it going to affect your family? I was married at the time. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm married now, right? This was only a few months ago. But are, is your wife going to be okay with this? This is something you have to talk with your wife, with your family. Are you going to have time to uh, still spend time with her? Because I still had the ministry, yeah. uh, Bible talks, D times, studying the Bible with people, and all the meetings of the bodies. Um, so I still worked full time, 40 hours a week. And so, are you going to be able to do everything that uh, that you possibly can to be able to take care of your family and take care of your marriage? Yeah. Did you ever, um, so like, you, you find out, so uh, data entry or data analyst, mm-hmm. right? Which, um, which one is, I'm totally, tomato, tomato? Uh, data, data analytics. Data analytics. Now I just got really smart. I was pronouncing the word <laughs> data wrong. Oh, no. Um, but did you like, was it something that you 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 liked or thought about wanting to do or was it just like you go i'm just gonna do it because i don't know okay yeah to be honest i did it for the money one yeah (laughs) but two uh like this job is can you sit at a desk for 40 hours and look at a laptop or a computer for that long and my ideal job is being at home yeah sitting down in one place and that's my job yeah right so uh, that was another reason why I wanted to do that because yeah. I could just be on a laptop. I didn't have to walk around, move around. And, you know, being a microbiologist, you really only have to stand for like four hours tops when you're doing your work, your lab work, right? And then the rest is uh, paperwork stuff. But I wanted something that was consistently that. So that's something you also have to check out. Like, is this something that you're going to be able to 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 do to enjoy um or are you willing to not endure (laughs) yeah your job like yeah um but i i love being on a computer i love the idea of coding is fascinating to me makes me feel smart so i feel encouraged (laughs) doing the job right yeah it's data not data you know yeah it's both i just like saying data (laughs) but um so yeah i mean that's that's i i like being on a computer yeah that's what i love doing would you think it's, you know, good idea to kind of, I don't want to say like have a cool down period, but like, let's say you go, I want to be an astronaut. You know, they're like, okay, <laughs> like, okay, I have the money, I have the time. But like you're saying, is it something you, you're going to love? Yeah. Is it something or, or that you're willing, quote unquote, to endure? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it sounds like, you know, people, they want to have a big paradigm shift. Maybe they have a, a quarter life crisis or a, you know, yeah. a midlife crisis. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. And you're like, yeah, but do you really like this is a big deal yeah you really love this you have to measure your drive right yeah because uh i don't know you've known me long enough maybe you know you can measure my drive but i i think like i i love challenges i like to push Mm -hmm. and i like to make things more uh efficient and effective yeah right so but at the same time you have to be realistic um you can't just yeah being an astronaut that's (laughs) that's 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 one thing, right? That's yeah. that's pretty hard to do. I don't think you can start in in your midlife to do that. Maybe you can, but um, 
yeah, you have to evaluate, is this really for you? Because if you don't have the drive or the discipline to do it, you're, you're going to fail at it. There's yeah. no questions asked. So be realistic. Ask, you know, uh, disciples around you who know you, for one, who really know you. Um, is, is this something that they think that you'll be able to do? Is, is, and then think about it yourself. Is this something you'll be able to do and endure in your life? So. Yeah. And I think people, they got to think about like their talent, not so much like, yeah. are you smart enough? Of course, it's obviously like for me, I love computers, but I'm not a computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, iPhone is a computer. Barely, <laughs> uh, barely functioning a podcast. But like, like, yeah, just trusting the advice of others and what you, you, you what, what is your limit, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, because I think uh, some people we can underachieve. Mm-hmm. Right, we go. Oh, I think this is my my lot in life. I'll never be great. I need to be pushed and challenged to go harder. Others can maybe overachieve yeah. and then hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. You're like, I can totally do this. And you're like, you know, bro, you know, sis, you're awesome. But I, <laughs> maybe let's let let let's reexamine that. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. college isn't for you. Maybe a trade school is better for you. Are you yeah. talking about? That's incredible. Like you, you got your degree, uh-huh. you went into your field, yeah. but now you're in a different career change and mm-hmm. it's through a certification. It's yeah. not even through mm-hmm. college. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. I think a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. If, it's hard to say if universities will ever go away. I, I don't think mm-hmm. they will just because of the accredited, uh, how accredited they are, their accolades yeah. and, and all that. But after going through the university system and then going through like what these are called boot camps, right? Um, these are so much better. I think so. Because you're you're learning so I learned ethnomusicology and at UCLA, you know, which is great to learn, but it doesn't help me in my job. I I, I learned about I don't know Greek philosophy. <laughs> when do yeah, I ever yeah. talk about Greek philosophy and microbiology job? Right? Yeah, in the lunch break. You know, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they don't train you for jobs. I was, I was very fortunate yeah. that I got a microbiologist job because yes. most of these jobs you have to have experience. When I went to Colgate, all of them had master's degree wow. and who were working in the lab, chemists, microbiologists, and I had a bachelor's degree, Yeah. right? So I was probably the least, uh, or the, the lowest, uh, on their priority list to hire. So I think boot camps are the are the greatest things you know obviously it it does help me that i have a bachelor's degree when i'm um, interviewing and uh, looking for jobs because they see that i did go through that discipline and that's what college does teach you in some sense some discipline but yeah boot camps are great you know you want something quick to be out of there they they teach you technically and you will be prepared for your job well here here's a crazy thing so so um you went to UCLA four or five? Five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. How much more or less did it cost to go to UCLA in those five years? What do you think? I don't know. Like, how much do I think it should be worth? No, no, no. How much did you uh, pay? Like, like oh, yeah, what was yeah. the quote-unquote cost, tuition, you know? So, it's every year it goes up. Yeah. So, when I first started, it was 28000 A year? A year. Oh, my. Yeah. A whole year. And then it went from twenty nine to thirty to 32 
or maybe thirty. Yeah, and then thirty-three in my fifth year. So, so in theory, out of quote unquote out of pocket, without if you don't have scholarships, if you don't have grants, if you don't, then you're you're well over a hundred, hundred twenty thousand dollars. Yep, definitely. Okay, yeah. and so then you went microbiology. Now at that point, what what were you making quote unquote per year? What was like uh, the your highest? Salary? I ever reached was fifty five fifty five thousand a year. Okay. Um, and but you know other companies pay more. I'm sure. You yeah, can yeah. Get like seventy, right? I I was underpaid, but you know. so for in your case, for example, so so five years, mm-hmm. quote unquote, one hundred twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you 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 make fifty five thousand. Obviously, trajectory later would probably be higher. You yeah. Know, uh-huh. So then, for for this program, however, how much did the program that you did cost? Yeah, it cost two thousand dollars. Okay, so two thousand dollars three months. For three months, uh-huh. and then did you take another three months or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that? you take another three months, and then that's an extra, I think, a thousand. So like or something, but then they like... take fifteen percent of your salary for your first year, mm-hmm. um, because they guarantee you a job and yeah. all that. So it's still less. So three thousand dollars, six months, and now their trajectory, just intro- introductory, is. I don't know what what would they say like oh if you're a bottom barrel guy you're gonna make eighty thousand eighty thousand mm-hmm. so fifteen percent of that would be like ten thousand yeah so you're making at least your first year over seventy thousand yeah then on top of that whatever so 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 for those listening when you think about that a career change uh, for Hugo's obviously a Hugo situation he goes from five years that cost him one hundred twenty thousand dollars <laughs> to make under sixty thousand a year which is still awesome again yeah. trajectory can can change. But then mm-hmm. in, in six months, for about $3,000, at least $80,000 moving forward yeah. with a higher trajectory as time goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they guarantee you six figures you know, within a year or two. So, so now we're going to have like a thousand data analysts and an, yeah. data analytic people <laughs> in, in the kingdom now because of you, bro. Hey, it's great. Um, you benefit the kingdom a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point, you know, as we kind of close out here, the point what I, I think is really fascinating is trade schools or certifications, you know, mm-hmm. that not maybe college and universities isn't for everybody. Yeah. But but something that's going to get you in what you love. And if there's a not an easier or faster way, mm-hmm. but a lot of times there's so many avenues out there for yeah. people. If they want to do a career change, mm-hmm. it might take six months. It might take a little bit out of your pocket. But if you do the research... It's really gonna set you up for the future. Yeah, it's it's really worth it, you know. But if if that's not what you choose to do, you still want to do college. You know, going through a community college your first two years is save tons of money. Yes. And it's it's a great way, easier too, because you'll take the classes there than instead of the university for four straight years, which is hard. (laughs) Well, Hugo, bro, thank you so much, man. This was the first episode. First episode we bro. talked for like a million years about yeah. all these things cool to get to know about your life convictions awesome, your skills uh definitely reach out to hugo uh via yeah. facebook and whatnot if you have any other questions and, and all mm-hmm. that jazz bug them bug them like crazy but bro, thank you so much man <laughs> yeah, that was, it was an honor to be able to have you here i know we'll probably do some fun things in the future yeah but bro keep cranking it thanks brother hey Woo. you know what's the the greatest feat of this whole podcast huh arlo didn't say a word well, he's hiding under the table. <laughs> I don't know where he's at. Ar- Arlo's my dog, but he's probably, yeah. I don't know, sleeping he's or something. Gone, bro. He's so he got taken up into heaven he in left a, a chariot. Me, he did. So please, please keep checking out the, the podcast in the future. Uh, again, right now we're doing different life segments, a, a life story of a brother or sister, a, a life conviction they have, and a life skill. Keep us on the download there and keep downloading it. And this is all things to all people. 
Yeehaw! Thanks in so Texas. much, bro. In Texas. <laughs>